You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Hey, here we are. Today I am talking with my good friend, Dr. Brian Segrate. Uh, we've discovered over several months that we are cut from the same cloth in many regards. Uh, we we both left professional fields, podiatry for him, law for me, to pursue lives that we were more passionate about. We both have an interest in the Stoics, like Marcus Aurelius. We have an interest in arts and culture, traveling, dogs, etc. cetera. Uh, but this is not an eHarmony profile hookup. I do have questions. This is a podcast. Brian uh, was a successful surgeon who not too long ago made a life-changing decision. After years of feeling burned out and unhappy in a toxic job that neglected his well-being and relationships, he had enough. He realized that material possessions and external success don't bring true happiness. And we'll talk in a minute about what true happiness means. With the support of his wife, I think that's important, he took a leap of faith, quit his job, and embraced his passion for teaching. And coaching. He has since experienced a transformation, finding joy and purpose in creating a better life aligned with his true calling. He joins me now from just outside of San Antonio, Texas. Welcome, Dr. Brian Segre. Thank you very much uh, for having me on, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Appreciate the introduction. Yeah. Um, take us back. I'm going to dive right in. Take us back. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let, let's go back to the Sunday night when you made the decision to quit your toxic job in your, in your words, what was going through your mind? Like exactly. And how, how did, how did you reach the moment of, of clarity? Like I, I'm going to walk away from this. Yeah, it was a long time coming. You know, it was, it was incredible where I think, I mean, I'll never forget that Sunday night. And I will say that, um, you know, it's, everybody has these, I think periods in their life where, you are experiencing success and happiness from what society, right, deems those things to be, right? Money, cars, houses, whatever, nice dinners. And so from the outside looking in, it looks great to everybody. And so I think for five, six, seven, you know, close to eight years, I just faked it. I said, well, if everybody else thinks this is great, well, then it must be, this must be great. This must be what it's supposed to be like. Right. And so what happened was is, I was a totally different person at home than I was out and about, right? So at home, I was my real self, and that was someone who projected a lot, um, someone who just wasn't really happy with who he was. But out in the real world, you know, I was a, it was a totally different image of who people thought I was. And basically what happened, Mark, was I had been on call at the time. Uh, we took a call for like a week at a time, and uh, I did mainly trauma surgery. So that week, I remember I had like 26 surgeries that week. I think I worked like 107 hours, you know, so it was a busy week. Um, and Sunday evening at midnight was basically when I would be coming off call. And so then, you know, none of the patients would be under my care at that point. My colleague would be taking over one of my partners. I think I had like eight or nine partners at the time. It's a big orthopedic group. And um, I remember telling my wife, like, I'm, I'm going to quit tomorrow. And she's like, what? 
And I said, yeah. And she goes, are you serious? I said, yeah, I had all my scrubs, my white coats, my work laptop, my work computer, any files that were from work. I had everything ready to go. And I said, I'm going to go in tomorrow when I'm supposed to go to clinic. Because the day after we were on call, our schedule was wide open. So I didn't have anybody scheduled. So I wasn't letting anybody down, right? Because that was important to me. Because right. um, I, I was in the business to help people. So it was this perfect opportunity where it was, it was literally the perfect storm. I was so down, so burnt out, and so low. But it was this opportunity where coming off of call, I had that buffer to where I wouldn't let anybody else down. And I finally, for once in my life, said, I'm going to put myself first. And it was in that moment where I literally said, I'm actually going to do what I want to do, like for once, right? And of course, my wife always backs me up and she's like, well, you do what you need to do. Um, and I'll never forget how good I slept that night, which is really sad when I look back on it. Um, but it was just, I mean, we're talking, you know, medical school, residency, fellowship, being in a busy practice, being on call, taking call at multiple hospitals and and really enjoying those aspects of providing care and helping people, but not being fulfilled because I wasn't being challenged enough with, I think, where my true calling was, which was teaching. And I, I decided that the best thing for me in that time was not to try to fit in anymore, but to move on and surround myself with people who were believing in what I was doing yeah. um, and where I wanted to go. How, how much would you say... And, and your answer might be zero percent, but uh, but how much would you say that this relates or translates to what we've typically called the midlife crisis where I, I, I seem like it and it happened to me, too, in my 40s. And I think we're roughly around the same age. I, you, you might have a couple of years on me. And uh, but um, it's, I, I feel like when we were younger the midlife crisis thing was to go buy a sports car or something like that. But now I feel like our generation, the midlife crisis thing is to take a career pivot, to walk away from the thing that yeah. you were supposed to do and then actually go do the thing you want to do. Yeah. How much, how much do you think it's would, midlife uh, decision-making? I would say it was, that was probably the main reason I did it, honestly, because I mean, it wasn't feeding my purpose or my soul, right? I always talk about if it doesn't nurture your soul and your purpose, you have to prune it, right? Um, and that could be with relationships with people. I mean, that could be family member, whatever it is, life is too short yeah. to water and fertilize something that's not going to grow. I remember at the time that that happened, I, I had this thought in my head of this, you know, this uh, quote from Tony Robbins, and he says something like, um, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. <laughs> and I remember being in that moment. I remember being in that moment on that Sunday night and thinking to myself, you have all of these possessions, all of these cars, you can do whatever you want. But when you wake up in the morning, like you, you go into work, you're not going in like there's nothing. You, you know what I mean? It was just, uh, of course, I know what you work. mean. <laughs> you're, preaching just, to the, you're preaching yeah, to the choir. <laughs> I know it. And I just couldn't do it anymore. And, but I do think a lot of it was like a midlife crisis where I told myself, hey, it's the middle of my life. I can do this yeah. all over again. That's still, well, that's that, the thing. still I, have a good run. I think you get to, I mean, I'm just speaking on uh, for myself in this, but I, I think you get to a point where like, you know, I, you got to be honest with yourself. Like I probably half my life's over, you know, I'm probably going to, maybe I'll, if I'm good, if I, uh, nothing too extraordinarily unfortunate happens, I'll, I'll probably make it to 80, 85. I, I don't know, guessing. And so I'm, I'm halfway there, you know, and you, you just have this moment 
of like, do I want to just keep on this exact same? Do I just want to do this exact same thing that's not making me very happy for the next 40 more years until I finally do just kill over? Or do I want to just shake it up and just right. start and have my second life? You know, it's kind of like having a second life almost. Um, it it, it really is. Knowing what you know now, would you have done it differently? Would you have not gone, you know, into medicine? Would you have, would you have just done the whole thing differently? Honestly, no, I think I probably would have still done this. And I'll tell you why, because what's incredible is, and this is not a plug or anything, but what's incredible is a good friend of mine who is, who is also a coach who has been coaching super successful, been coaching for four years and has done, I think somewhere around 380 to 400 consultations, right? Hour long consultations. Hmm. And I laughed at him and I said, that's so amateur. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, dude, I used to see 80 patients a day for right. like 15 years. I said, I've interviewed tens of thousands of patients for tens of thousands of hours. And so I think with coaching or with communication, you know, you know I do my speaking and my lecturing, you know, human interaction and dialogue and communication is like literally at the foundation of everything that we do, whether it's sales, no matter what we do. And so I think being in a profession, especially like you do with law and with medicine, I had the, the, the ability to have so much experience and on the job training and dealing with humans, reading body language, reading tone, reading pitch, right? Like just like you did right. that as a coach now, as someone who consults, you know, with people and who helps leaders and whatever, that is a skill that many people do not have. And so, I mean, I think that I think I'm where I'm supposed to be because of that. Right. Like Same. I took those yeah. skills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I had this uh, very similar experience that uh I, i've been asked that question myself and i i can't regret it you know yeah i went through a very similar kind of circumstance you know of you know drinking 20 dollar cocktails with the the partners of a, a swanky firm you know at the top of a, a tall building in a big uh city and and uh and it not doing it for me and, and uh but i i sort of had to do that to know because if I didn't, if I had not done what I've done, then I might still be looking up at the top of that building thinking, what's it like up there? You know, what's it correct? You know, and, but now I know it ain't shit. I don't, I don't need to go up there. It's, and uh, it's, it's so true. I mean, that's, that's one of the things people ask me the most about, right. We talk about detaching from outcomes and people think that's crazy. And I will tell you People in their lifetime, they build up these, I want the sports car. I want the vacation to Italy. I want the, you know, the whatever. They build these things up, like you said, the top of the building so high. And I can tell you, and it's not to impress you, it's to impress upon you. I can tell you, I've been to the tops of those places and it is never, ever as good as you build it up to be. And the yeah. problem is that once you stand on top of that hill, there's still another Mount Everest. Yeah. And what starts to happen is, is you realize that every next hill is taller than the one before and sometimes less fulfilling. And so, yeah, you're right. I, I do think that I had to get to where I was to appreciate where I am. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. And uh, I, I, so I can't regret it, even though I went through some dark times. I, it's like I wouldn't be where I am. I can't change it because if I changed it, then I wouldn't be here and I'm really happy here. <laughs> so I had to go through the 
crap to get to the, you know, the promised land, so to speak. Um, right. As you reflect on on that journey, what what key lessons have you learned about about creating a life that truly feeds your soul and aligns with your purpose? What what actionable steps can others take to nurture what feeds their soul and prune? That's a word that you've used and prune what doesn't work. Yeah, I think honestly, the most I think the most basic way to look at that really is. So a lot of people will think that, okay, great. Well, in order for me to find what my purpose is, right, that has to be the thing that inspires me and motivates me. And I just wake up in the morning and I'm so excited and I can't wait to do it every single day. And that's total BS, right? Even when you find exact, and you're laughing because even though I'm where I'm supposed to be right now, I still work my butt off, right? There is still there's two pains in life. There's either the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And you can pick which one you want to do. And and the difference I think is that the most actionable step that you can take is if you, if you have a question about something or whether it feels right or, or anything like that, if what you're doing right now, if you're chasing something that feels like you're never going to catch it, that was sort of the first thing that tipped me off. I, you know, it's like the, the greyhound trying to catch the fake hair at the racetrack. Like <laughs> I knew I was never going to catch what was there. And so I think if people feel like they're running a race that they can't win, life is a race that you can win. And the way you win it is by playing it right where you are in yeah. the moment. And so what I told myself was if I need to make radical change, I need to take radical action. I need to do something different because if I do the same thing that I was doing before, I'm going to get the same result. And so I think the most important thing that people can do is admit to themselves that you're not happy and that what you're doing is not actually what you're supposed to be doing. It might just be what you're doing to survive or pay the bills. Step number two is the hard part. That's change it. Yeah. That's the hard part. Yeah. Take that first step and then take the next and then the next. I mean, that's what I tell people. Just just start before you're ready, you know, because you're never going to be ready. So just start. Just take that first step. And then when you get there, like, OK, I'm here. Then take the next step and then take the next one. Yep. Um well, Brian, we got a few minutes left. Uh, every episode, I try to do a little segment called Five Minutes In, where I try to give uh, the listener some practical advice or just something for them to think about for a little while. Give us your definition of true happiness. And not everyone's a podiatrist or a lawyer feeling unfulfilled. They might be a housewife or a mechanic or a CEO. I don't know. Regardless, what's your recommendation for someone out there seeking true happiness? Where should they look? This is a great question. Um, and I think honestly, this is the secret really to life. And the, the, the easy answer is that if you want true joy or true happiness and you want to really be content and fulfilled in your life, the only place that you ever need to look is inside. Um, and people find that really, really hard to grasp. And I understand why. And that's because, right, I'm married. I have a wonderful wife, a family brothers, you know, moms, and they think, well, that is so selfish to be so centered around yourself that you want to look inside for happiness or for joy or whatever. But the truth is that, like we talked about earlier in the show, most people's relationships are the first thing that start to break down. And what I noticed was when I actually found that happiness and that joy in myself and I stopped lying to myself, guess what? The first thing that got better were those relationships, yeah, right? And right. so 
Uh, and, and so that to me is the, is the real answer or the real secret to, to happiness. And here's what's amazing is people don't even realize when you have an emotion, right? Whether it's anger, jealousy, whatever it is, when you have an emotion, you have a chemical reaction in your body that literally, literally scientifically lasts for 90 seconds, okay? Literally 90 seconds in your brain and that emotion is over. And so anything, any feeling or thought that you associate with that emotion after 90 seconds is you doing it to yourself. Mm. And so what that tells you is, yeah, you just got pulled over and you got a speeding ticket and your wife is going to be pissed. And now you're late for, for your date night. And now the babysitter has to get an extra 50 bucks because she has to stay late. But guess what? Who cares? That's happened to a thousand other people today. And it didn't derail their whole day. You have the choice to decide how you react or respond to events. Mm. And as soon as I realized in my life, you know what? Bring it on because tomorrow is another day. And I think for me that those are the two biggest keys to happiness is one is you have to look inside first. And the second one is, is when you have these feelings and emotions, you want to be an observer of the emotion, but don't be a participant, right? Yeah. Try to remove yourself and, and observe what's going on as if you're a third party mm-hmm. and then just move past it. So you, yeah. th- that's the key is you have to have emotional control and you have to find happiness inside. Yeah. And those two things if you can do that, you're set. Yeah, I like what you said that you can you can choose how to respond to things. I I, I like that. Um, well, uh, tell us what you got going on. How can people find you if they want uh, coaching or if they just want to follow you on social media? Where's what are the best places to find you? Sure, sure. Yeah, so I'm on uh, LinkedIn is the only place that I am now. I'm uh, too old and too scared to go anywhere else. So you definitely <laughs> can you definitely can reach out me on LinkedIn. If you go to my profile on LinkedIn, there's a link to my landing page and you can book a a discovery call for me. It's a free one hour call. And basically what we do during that call is we go through these 10 points in your life, everything from, you know, fitness and nutrition to emotional health to spirituality, everything. And what we do is we create a roadmap on where you are now and where you want to go. And I help you bridge that gap and show you that everything that you should do, you could do, or you want to do, you can do. And it, and, and I show you how we can get there. And, and yeah, it's just, I, you know, it's, um, it's hard work, but it's, it's my passion. So yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> um, it is well, awesome. Folks. Well, I will, I'll link, uh, all that stuff in the show notes so people can, can just click and go straight to that. Well, that is all folks. Um, look inward. And be the observer. Choose how do you respond to things that happen to you in in life. And once you're done with that meditative exercise, go to zensandwich.com and help the show out. Uh, Zen Sandwich is a listener-supported podcast. You can help us out in two different ways there. Every little bit helps pay the bills and keeps us going. Brian, uh, very insightful and always a pleasure. I really appreciate your time today, buddy. Thank you. It was my pleasure, Mark.